0: No. no, Here There we are.
1: I guess I've got a sticky. Uh, sure. yeah. Hi, nice to meet you guys. I'm Kaniko from Digiday. I'm here to do the back to work podcast No, on what they told you It's 9 30 AM and there are already dozens of people at the FITSCO office. I braved Atlanta's February weather, huffing it there on foot and arriving at a white, industrial-looking two-story building. <laughs> There are green and orange balloons welcoming staffers back to what's supposed to be regular in-person work. Fitzgo has opted for a hybrid return. Tuesdays and Thursdays are mandatory in-office for everyone, while Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are flexible. Employees can work from home and make their own hours. It's a move that CEO Dave Fitzgerald hopes will make the time spent in the office more meaningful. Over the past couple of years, Fisco has had about a 30 to 40 percent employee turnover rate, something that Dave attributes to a lack of company culture. It's a lot easier to pack up and leave for a higher paying job when you don't have a personal relationship with your boss and have never met your coworkers. For the employees who stayed, though, on this first Tuesday back, the office is buzzing. Inside, executives are in the middle of an impromptu meeting. Their voices are just loud enough to be heard over the sounds of the coffee bar. that That coffee bar alone would be enough reason for me to come back to the office regularly. Everything looks brand new, and there's more than one milk option. The big celebratory welcome reminds me of the first day of elementary school. Colorful balloons, reuniting with old friends, and the feeling of a fresh start in the air. But if today is the first day of school, what does that make the pandemic? Once return to work plans began ramping up, it all started feeling like one long, endless Sunday evening. Questions playing in your head before you go to sleep. When are they gonna make us go back? How many days will we have to be in the office? Are we all gonna go back to the way things were and pretend like COVID never happened? Now, as I stand in Fitzco's office, it finally feels like a Monday. I'm Kimiko McCoy, and this is The Return, a Digiday podcast where we explore what a return to the office looks like for one advertising agency adapting to the new, not quite post-pandemic normal. If I had to describe the Sunday scaries, it's the moment you realize tomorrow is Monday. Anxiety starts to set in as you think about all of the things you'll have to do at work as soon as you log on. It's a slow-building panic that reaches a fever pitch. You crawl in bed Sunday night, wincing at the thought of Monday morning. But when you haven't been to the office with your coworkers in nearly two years, they take on a whole new meaning.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, yesterday... It just felt like the Sunday scaries. We've anticipated coming back to the office for two years now. But when I think that moment actually got there to figure out logistically how that was going to work for people now, there was a lot of anxiety around that.
1: That is the voice of Claire Russell, head of media at Fitzgo and impromptu return to work whiz. She's just wrapped up a meeting where everyone was struggling to reacquaint themselves with office technology. At one point, the conference call failed, and the team made a quick switch to an old-fashioned phone call. Meanwhile, someone else from the meeting had to sprint to her desk to grab a laptop charger, only to realize there is no outlet available. In talking to Claire, she brought up an interesting point. It's one I haven't heard much of in conversations around the return to work. For the most part, people have been concerned with safety precautions, like rules about masking, vaccinations, and what to do if there's a positive COVID case. However, the logistics of returning to work, things like logging onto the company server, or even finding office supplies, have seemingly been on the back burner.
2: I probably had um, a couple, over a dozen, maybe two dozen conversations yesterday, ranging from everything where people felt, were, were maybe feeling like, I actually think I work better at home. I'm not sure how this is going to translate in the office. To I've been calculating my commute and what it will look like. Can I make my hours X, Y, and Z? Um, others were saying I've brought a lot of stuff home with me. I've brought my monitor home, my mouse, my keyboard. Do I need to bring that back? Or what's going to be at my workstation at work? So just a lot of logistics as people were kind of finally processing like, okay, I'm going to be at the office tomorrow. So a a lot of questions and a lot of stuff to work through. I'm hoping what people feel today is just the goodness of being back together. I mean, the place is just buzzing and you can't even walk through here without people grabbing you. Hey, I meant to ask you about this. Hey, how's, you know, how was this this past weekend? Hey, are you working on? I mean, it's just that kind of like, for lack of a better term, like over the cubicle chatter, like water cooler nature. That you can't have over Zoom with 20 people on a call. Um, it's it's just felt um it's felt good being back. And I hope people are kind of realizing that trade-off of of maybe not having full flexibility like you had at home is is worth being here for two days a week.
1: Yeah. I think something that's also interesting to note is I don't know if we've had conversations in the industry about, you know, what actual logistics of returning to work look like. Like you know like obviously there's the yeah, you get there at nine a.m, you leave at 5 thirty, you have your lunch break, things like that. but I don't think anybody thought to ask, should I bring my chair back in? Yeah So talk to me kind of about like you know, any I guess forethought or pre-planning or anything like those that, that you guys were thinking ahead of that in terms of you know, like that workplace um, those workplace logistics.
2: Workplace etiquette is a thing I think we took for granted, especially those of us that were at Fitco before COVID. We had a lot of questions around what are our hours? And to us, it felt like, well, just, you know, just get here at a reasonable time and leave at a reasonable time. And as long as you get your work done, we're good with that. And we had a lot of people ask, you no, know, specifically, like, at what time am I going to be in trouble? like as if we were walking around like checking empty seats. And we had to we had to legitimately address that because I think we've hired a lot of people during COVID. A lot of them just graduated from school. This is their first job. And so they want to make sure that they're meeting the expectations that their supervisors and we have as a company. So um, we did send out just some kind of workplace guidelines. Um, but it was tough for us because we want to communicate balance but in that, we're really feeling a need for direction. We're getting asked for direction and for boundaries. So we're trying to kind of toe, we're trying to toe that line as we come back in.
1: When I got to the FITSCO office, I made a beeline for Bryce Burton and Eric Arenas, two of the employees we met in the first episode. Eric is one of the young employees hired during COVID that Claire's talking about. He graduated college in 2021, and he's been looking forward to working in the kind of office that he's seen in movies and TV. So far, Fitsco's industrial, open-concept office is living up to his expectations.
3: Yeah, no, it's awesome. I don't know what offices are supposed to look like. So this is my only reference of what an office is, and it's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Um, It's great seeing everybody. Uh, We normally have like conferences online, so that's normally where I see these people, but it's great seeing them in person. I honestly haven't talked to anybody who I haven't met online yet, so I need to. What's
1: it like putting a face to a name, like seeing them, you know, you have these conversations online, then you meet them in person? It's
3: different. Like, you'd assume a lot of people are, like, taller or, like, shorter than what you'd think, and then it's, like, in person, they look really different. You only see their face um, through a computer screen,
1: but everyone here is great. It's everybody. Bryce, on the other hand, has been at FITSCO for three years. His first day back <laughs> at the office isn't going as smoothly. At home, Bryce has three monitors, giving him plenty of space for all the creative work he does as FITSCO director and editor. But a hybrid schedule means you need two workstations, one at home and one in the office. He's vying for the same setup here until there's a more permanent solution in the meantime he's working on a laptop with a single screen
4: I've got three monitors at home and um, which I mean, the way what we have to do we need multiple monitors because we're throwing things all over the place um, so I mean again like it, it's um, it's gonna add more time to the to the work just because it's just not the same workflow that, um, that needs to happen, but um, like I said, I mean, it'll, it'll work itself out. Remember, Bryce was in the military. He spent
1: five years in the Marine Corps. He's cool under pressure and knows how to roll with the punches. So what are you going to do in the meantime while you're waiting for these things to get set up?
4: Uh, I'll be working off a laptop. So um, not ideal, but we'll figure it out.
1: Did you guys take your gear home? Yes. Got it, got it, got it. So are you going to have like a double setup? Correct, yeah. So I'll have
4: uh, the same setup at both places. So that way, well, that's the ideal situation is we're trying to find a workflow to where everything that we do here is uploaded to a cloud and then um, copied over on a solid state drive. So there's no um, duplication of effort. Okay. Yeah, there's no duplication of effort. Everything is done simultaneously, so therefore we'll be able to, whenever we get home, we'll have the exact same um, files and project files that we have access to in the building. Gotcha. So um, that's it, it's very it's not that complicated, but it's um, that's what we're working towards. So so have you way. been any
3: meetings today so far? Not yet.
4: I'm about to be... i got one at 11, 12.30, 2. We'll see how that goes. That meeting.
5: So
1: what's... IT director David Brooker is hustling to get Bryce, Claire, and everyone else set up as best as he can. I've seen David hastily walking by more times than I can count. The first time, he had a monitor under his arm. The second time, it was two monitors. Then there was another monitor, maybe a keyboard, and some other workspace fixings. This carried on most of the day from what I saw. When he had a moment to catch his breath, I flagged him down to talk about how he's been adjusting to a first day return to in-person work, which he calls anticipated chaos.
6: Crazy stuff. So, again, you know, a lot of new faces, people who, who we've hired that have never actually been to the office before over the last two years. And it was several people. So getting them really set up. Uh, again, it's like a new first day for those folks because, you know, they never really had a place to sit here. Mm-hmm. So learning, and again, you know, I'm trying to bury the faces and figure out where they're sitting, but, you know, just uh, bringing, you know, com- you know, monitors and things like that, which I have, you know, I have like 24 monitors in my car that I left with. But um, because everything that I was ordering, I was having shipped back to my house. But So that's been a little bit of a challenge, but um, I forgot when I left the house this morning to bring keyboards and mice. So that, so, you know, but if this is my biggest problems, you know, for the first day back, I'm, I'll take it. it's not, it's really, like I said, it, it. I was anticipating chaos, but it's really been managed chaos. And it's really, um, I think overall, and I hope this isn't just me talking, I hope everybody else feels the same way, but I think it's gone pretty well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Now, the next thing that I want to ask is, out of all of the challenges that happened today, were there any kind of like themes that you noticed, common challenges, whether it was like, oh, keyboard hookups missing, or I forgot my monitor, or kind of what were some of the common it, challenges? Yeah,
6: cables uh, missing. Um, you know, uh, you got to remember also when we left in March, you know, suddenly it was, you know, we were all thinking we were going to be back in two weeks. Of course, that wasn't the case. It was two years. Um But so people would come into the office and, you know, and try to set up their home office. So they take the monitor with them, they take their keyboard and all of that, which was 100% fine. We expected people to do that. But then when you come back into the office, um, because we're only here two days a week, you know, we have to set up. They have to still remain, you know, have their home office. And so they have to have an office here. So that was something I wish I had... Uh, considered a little bit more. You know, I don't want people to have to lug around a, comp- uh, a monitor, for example. So, you know, that was probably the biggest pain point because then I'd, I'd really just have to set up somebody as if, again, as if they were brand new. So,
1: While David focuses on getting monitors and internet set up, there is still a pandemic that Fitzgo has to worry about. After the break, we'll talk about what the health and safety side of returning to the office looks like. The Fisco office is pretty impressive. It's open with high ceilings, plenty of natural light, and booths for co-working, or just some time away from your desk. All of the offices have glass windows giving it that industrial look. I can see why you'd want to come back to this space. Near the front, there's a table set up with FitzCO agency swag, a breakfast spread, and blank name cards with color-coded stickers. It makes sense, given there's plenty of new hires and staffers who have only ever met over video calls. What's interesting, though, is the stickers. FITSCO staff is about 98% vaccinated. On that first day back, not very many people wore a mask. I took my own off after a while. But the stickers are there to signify everyone's comfort level with touching, something not many of us thought about pre-pandemic. Green means you're okay with close interaction, like a hug. Yellow was more mild, keeping physical touch to maybe a fist bump. Red was pretty self-explanatory meaning that you'll continue to follow the CDC's original six-foot rule. I didn't see anybody sporting a red dot, for the record. The color-coded sticker idea came from Fisco's executive team. In his 45 years of work in the advertising industry, CEO Dave Fitzgerald says he's never had to think about workplace safety before.
0: But, you know, the worst thing I had to worry about was a paper cup. And now people are dying. So uh, I've learned a lot about workplace safety. And yeah, well, our guidelines are, and and I think they're fairly close to CDC, is everyone's got to be vaxxed. Uh, And if you don't want to be vaxxed, you have to be tested within 72 hours of coming to the office. And you have to show your vaccination card or your testing card Mm -hmm. to uh, our HR director. Gotcha. You know, we have a protocol for people who test positive. They isolate or quarantine for five days, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can wear a mask if you want to, you know, there's no mandatory mask wearing or no mandatory non-mask wearing. Mm -hmm. And I think out of 80 people, we've had three not vaccinated for different reasons. And they have no problem with the testing protocol. Okay.
1: Were you guys, you know, the, the executive team nervous at all about having to roll those out given how controversial the whole pandemic has been?
0: Yeah, and, and I don't believe um, we've had any pushback. I mean, people want to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an anonymous uh, question line called "Ask Anything." Mm-hmm. And um, as there have been one or two questions about um, mask wearing and other things, but nothing no, no groundswell of, uh, of uh, upset people. Yeah. I, I think it's all turned out great, and, and I haven't heard anything today. and you saw our little name tags with our yeah well it's you know it's going to be what does the future hold you know is there is there another variant on the way and mm-hmm. is it going to be as uh, highly transmissible as the last one or, or is, it, is it going to be deadly like the other one wasn't um so we uh, we follow hospitalization rates it's uh, and, and atlantis had a really tough time yeah. i mean we've had our major um safety net hospitals called grady and uh they were on diversion for uh, Weeks. You can't take an ambulance to Grady Hospital. You know you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what we'll keep track of, um, hospitalizations. And then, you know, everyone knows it's all up in the air. Yeah. But we're learning something new every day about pharmaceuticals and transmission. And you used to have to worry about surfaces. Now you
1: have to worry about the air. Color-coded stickers are one small piece of the COVID safety precaution pie. Across the industry, agencies put a number of systems in place to keep people safe. Digiday did a roundup early in the pandemic, looking at some of those trends. For example, some offices put temperature checks at reception, similar to how a bouncer checks your ID before you go into a bar. For others, kitchens were closed, which, if you're like me and you often eat at your desk hunched over your keyboard, that wasn't much of a change. Other precautions looked like constant cleaning of meeting spaces, socially distanced workstations, and more that followed the CDC guidelines. For Kristen Andrews, FITSCO's Director of People and Culture, those rules have been crucial.
3: I joke and I say I feel like I have CDC guidelines memorized. I literally have the website bookmarked so that I can go to it and reference it when people have questions. Um, I have the Department of Health bookmarked so I can go to it and reference it when people have questions about vaccinations.
1: Kristen describes her role as an in-house problem solver. She was hired in the midst of COVID, meaning the job that should have been focused on building company policies to streamline the employee experience was compounded with learning medical precautions to keep everyone physically safe and mentally sound during the pandemic.
3: What my aim is, is how... How do I be mindful of where everyone's comfort level is, right? While also being mindful that there's certain things that you have to do because it's scientifically proven that this is what helps stop the spread of COVID. So it's a little it's a little balancing act. Um, and I, I think a cute way that we acknowledge that was with the name tags, right? So we. We hadn't seen each other in two years, and what you see over video is a little bit different than what you see in person. So we asked people to have on name tags just to as a cute way to say, "Okay, you know, I may may not know your name." And in addition to that, we had um, color coded dots to explain people's comfort level with physical interaction. So green is, "Hey, come to me. I'm open to hugs. You know, I like that 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 connection." Yellow was. Uh, maybe a fist bump is good enough for me. And Red was, all right, I need all the personal space. Don't come into my bubble. <laughs> just, just you know, from here, wave and that's enough for me. And I think it's to have that mindfulness that everyone's going to have different comfort levels as well as layering on top of that what is scientifically needed based off CDC guidelines to keep everyone safe. In addition to that, um, we had to consider what's the office space how much space do we have to allow employees to spread out um, and you know keep a distance that they felt safe keeping a distance from each other? Um, our space is fairly large, so we did not have that as an issue. Um, it was easy to maintain distance between their desk and things like that. We do encourage masking when an employee is in common spaces and conference rooms, um, being mindful that, hey, you guys are together. Um, let's be aware. Yes, we've been tested. Yes, we know it's vaccinated, but you're still in a confined space. So in those common areas or in those commonly shared conference rooms, maybe mask, right? To be aware of that. Um, And in addition, the offices are cleaned nightly. So after every evening the employees leave, the offices are then cleaned. Um, It has created a space or sense that we can come together um, and be together in a safe way
1: yeah absolutely absolutely. I think I was actually talking to Sarah, our you know podcast expert and audio expert here um about the discrepancies between how different cities are handling it. you know, um, so when you say like holiday travel, it may be that you go to New York and everybody's masked up, and then you come down to Atlanta and it's a little bit more free and things like that. so it's um a wild time <laughs> <laughs> it is it is,
3: and there there's a uh... We share with our employees there is different uh, protocols, state, local, U.S., federal. No one's agreeing on one way or another, um, and sometimes when you're an employer, that can make it difficult for you to decide what's best for your your people and your team. Um, and what you do in that case is you listen to your team, you listen to your gut, and um, you you know make sure you do what's the safest option. Um, And I don't think anyone made the decision to come back to work lightly. I don't think anyone made the decision to do it um, in a way that—and we wouldn't have made the decision if we couldn't figure out how to do it safely. And I think that speaks to why we pushed it back so many times, because we felt like we couldn't do it safely. Um, And if if we had felt that way on February 15th, we would have pushed it back
1: again. Even with the precautions in place, you can't help but feel a tinge of nerves around the idea of breathing the same air as other people in an enclosed space— there's always a the possibility of someone getting sick leading to an exposure, and then what? Does the office close, get sanitized, and then reopen after a 10-day quarantine? What about sick days for exposed employees? Are they paid for that time out of the office? What if their PTO is used up? We here at Digiday haven't returned to full-time in-person work, but I have a few friends in other industries that have. I was having lunch with one when he got an email about an exposure at work. The email was vague, only saying what floor the exposure happened on. My friend's floor remained open and it was business as usual. Still, it's a triggering email to get. I don't even work there, but felt like I needed to take an at-home test. That's the thing about returning to in-person work, right? You don't have any control over who you work with to know who's vaccinated and who's not. And you don't know what your coworkers do on their time off, or their medical conditions. Every cough and sneeze is suspicious. There's that constant fear that you or someone else picks up COVID from an outing and brings it into the office. It's like a cloud hanging over your head. At least that was the case over the holidays for Jen Hayes, FitzCO's director of Account Services. She's been working in the office since last May. Just before the Delta variant pushed us back a few steps in the pandemic, I caught up with Jen a few days ahead of Fitzgill's official return to the office. And she did say that the pandemic has made doing anything in person, let alone sitting together for eight hours a day, risky. At one point over the holidays, Jen thought she may have been exposed to COVID.
5: I'm mindful of what the environment situation is here in our city, right? Right. But I also found myself not. I although I enjoy and I like the collaboration that comes from being in person. um, I would say that I was mindful of it during the holidays. I had like my father coming to town. You know, falls into that high risk, and you're starting to think, okay, like let me think about this. My daughter actually lives in New York City, so you can imagine what that looks like. And she, coming home in December, she like took a series of five, six days tests, and then landed here, and took another test before she even came home. You know, so I was mindful of that. Um, if I found myself, you know, since being back in May, um, I think it was, there may have been one time that I actually felt like I might have been exposed. Um, And, you know, how was I going to address that? Like, you know, flipping it from being in person to working remote when needed. You know, I have... Allergies, And when my allergies flare up, there's no point in me making my coworkers feel uncomfortable because I have allergies that may sound to them like something other than allergies, you know. So I try to be mindful of both um, my personal, you know, who I might have coming to visit me um, so that I don't put myself in a risky environment and also of my uh, colleagues. There were some days that I worked at home Uh, because that just was the better scenario for myself, for my colleagues, like, you know, nobody has to worry. There's times that I've actually come physically to the office and gone to a distant, um, you know, conference room, Um, but even then I felt like, you know, I'd put on a mask occasionally if I needed to interact. It allowed me that interaction to make myself feel comfortable and to make my colleagues feel comfortable.
1: Navigating COVID-19 safety precautions can be tricky. Like walking through a minefield where a bomb will likely go off. And for Fitsco, on that very first day back in the office, one did. The next morning, I had another email from CEO Dave. Hi. Sadly, as per our protocol, someone notified Kristen today that she or he tested positive for COVID. Chris reached out to all close contacts and notified them. We've decided not to make tomorrow mandatory for folks who feel uncomfortable about coming in. Dave. Next week on The Return, we'll see how Fitsco is managing their first positive COVID case. We'll also introduce you to some future-of-work experts to get a sense of what an ever-present pandemic means for employees across America. This is your host, Kamika McCoy. Until next time. The Return is brought to you by Digiday. This podcast was written and reported by me, Kamiko McCoy, and produced and edited by Sarah Patterson.